0: Hey, uh, Brian Parker here again, uh, last video, last videos were, uh, on uh, repossession and efficiency judgments. We're going to switch uh, gears here keeping with the car theme. Uh, I get a lot of calls or emails for various things. That repo thing seemed to be so popular that I, I just went with it and it's touched a lot of nerves. Uh, people, are thankful and they're seeking further help. But I gotta go into my other, (laughs) my other audience needs and uh, a couple of things coming up. One of which uh, I wanna do, um, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna start doing and I think it's kinda cool. I I measure in my head how many calls I get for certain debt collectors and one of the most popular is UHG1 LLC. I have a video on in my membership file uh, but I think what I'm going to start doing now is take actual cases so it is more meaningful and you can see how I operate If get into the incredible mind of Brian Parker and so this video is going to be about UHG1 and an anatomy of a lawsuit against my actual client and I'm going to tell you how we combat their particular case. Uh, by the way, I could do another one tomorrow from another client, uh, different set of facts and different ways that they're breaking the law or kind of not representing things as they claim. You're gonna see today exactly what I mean about a debt, old debt buying company That kind of cuts corners and just assumes that you're going to default or the court's going to look the other way. Which, by the way, happens. You can show the court exactly how nothing is as they claim it is. And the court goes, yeah, but he owes the debt. Which, I had that happen. It keeps me up at nights. Because having done this probably more than most people... I know what I'm doing. So I'm usually facing a judge and even a somebody on the other side that I'm vastly more knowledgeable than. I'm nothing. I'm not any better than anybody else. It's just that I know my stuff. And when I look at a case, I can tell you in two minutes how it's going to end. And to hear a judge go, hey, yeah, but he owes the debt, which has nothing to do with the ownership of the debt. But I digress. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you money's worth. I'm going to... Give you an anatomy of an actual UHG1 case. Who is U- <laughs> UHG1? Uh, very briefly, they are just some uh, debt suing arm and they go by UHG, UHG1, UHG2, yada yada, but it's really a United Holding Group which holds a bunch of debt. And usually when you get your Midland credit or your portfolio recovery things like that there are companies like holding companies that hold the debt it's just a computer uh, especially with midlands just a computer they operate through a debt suing arm if you will and in this case the debt suing arm in my actual case here is uhg i saw a real change when uhg made up Something as to who they were and I figured out that it wasn't who they were And ever since then they've changed how they sue lawsuits So United Holding Group will show up every once in a while. That's not the plaintiff Here, it's represented in this actual case as UHG 1 comma LLC What is Parker's number one rule in fighting debt collection lawsuits other than the counter affidavit? Hello? It is, use their own paperwork against them. And so that's what I've done in this debt buying case. This is a debt buyer who's bought the debt for pennies on the dollar. They usually buy um, personal online loans or credit cards, stuff like that, like most do. Uh, But for some reason, they're one of the companies that always brings the worst (laughs) debt. And maybe they pay less money They seem to, in my experience, bring cases really poorly and badly. They had one good law firm that gave me a hard time. It was the same crap that I was dealing with, but the law firm just really tried to kick my butt. But that got expensive, I think. So now there's another law firm that is not doing such a good job because they don't care. and most don't, because they got thousands of lawsuits, and they're just trying to keep the account, and they don't take care as you and I will and do. So I'm going to show you the lawsuit against my claim, my answer and defenses, the counterclaim, and again, Parker's rule. What is it? The exhibits will be their own documents that we will use against them, and of course, the all important counter affidavit will be also discussed. I. Am going to include with this video everything: the lawsuit, the answer, the defenses, the counterclaim, the exhibits, and the counter affidavit And I'll include it for you in Word so you can see and move stuff around. Don't use my paperwork the way I use it. I'm not telling you how to practice law, and I never do. I'm not telling you to use those docs. I'm just showing you what I've got. If you can use it as a guide, great. But follow the law of your state. I'm not telling you how to practice in your life or your law or your state. Thank you. Their lawsuit, I'll put up the first page. Shazam. (laughs) I I get a lot of feedback on that Shazam. What that is, it comes from Batman. If you watch the old Batman stuff, whenever they took a punch or something, it'd be this wham or just this really poor technical effect. So it just turns me on. So that's why I do this. Shazam. So Shazam, first page. Uh, see paragraph 3 and 4 of their lawsuit against my client. And they say Defendant requested an extension of credit from Upgrade, the original creditor, through Webbank, a licensed credit services organization as an installment loan. So, a couple of things there. If you look on that first page, paragraph 3, you'll see that what I just said is true. Also, we'll get to this later. They're claiming to be, this is a communication from a debt collector, an attempt to collect a debt, and anything will be used for that purpose. That's your mini Miranda warning. That should not be in a lawsuit. There's a specific statute saying don't do that. But when they do that, as I've counseled in the past, they're protecting themselves one way, but you and I use that against them. So they haven't done a balancing act. They've just said, geez, I gotta protect myself covering all bases, but we can use that against them. Paragraph four says, upgrade assigned all its rights to UHD 122, 2020, as evidenced by the bill of sale. Listen to what I just said, because that's gonna be the lion's share of how you're gonna see how we're gonna get them. This is significant, every debt uh, installment agreement has to have a truth in lending statement, federal law. Uh, Those lawsuits are sometimes called TILA lawsuits. Uh, And in this case, let me put up the truth in lending disclosure statement, Shazam, and you can see clearly that Web Bank is the lender or the original creditor. So they're telling the court or anybody that unfortunately listens that upgrade is the original creditor. Why do they do that? Think about why they do that. And then they're saying their client upgrade, excuse me, their client received the rights from UHG in a bill of sale. So already there's a problem. Then um, we're gonna put the actual contract, the loan contract up. Shazam! And that is a page that will tell you that the borrowers and The only two parties in this loan agreement are the borrower, which is my client, and web bank. Upgrade is not listed as a creditor or original creditor. Upgrade is listed as a servicer of the debt, which is not a debt collector, but they also don't own anything. So they would not be the original creditor. Look up the definition of creditor. I don't have to look that up. If someone lends me money, they are the original creditor. There's another term of art called the current creditor well that means someone sold it from the original creditor but it all starts with the original creditor and the original borrower so upgrade did not own anything when the debt originated with web bank in under their own federal TILA truth in lending statement uh, <sighs> they are also claiming that the debt was sold uh, I think January 20th 2022 in paragraph 4 I've, let me tell January 22nd that's going to be significant too so in their paragraph 4 in the complaint let's just look at again paragraph 3 and 4 shazam of the complaint you can see where they're claiming that under paragraph 4 upgrade sold the debt to UHG the plaintiff June, January 22nd 2020. Um, so let's look at the bill of sale. That most of these debt buying lawsuits, it's like gas in a. Here we go with the gas tank reference. It's gas in a car. It's uh, it's the engine in a car. It's the main uh, propulsion behind lawsuits of collection of collections and debts are and is the bill of sale. The bill of sale is everything to a debt collector or a debt buyer. So let's take a look at this bill of sale. Shazam! Now here's the cool thing I'm gonna read this. The document says let me read the actual thing. On January 23rd 2020 each investor referenced will sell or cause to be sold. And that's what it says right here, but I'm reading this. A pool of, ama- of accounts held by such investors and described in the account schedule attached to this bill of sale. So what are investors? If, you've, if you're a disciple of mine, it securitized the debt was securitized. And a bunch of investors that put the money into the securitization and bond holding process own rights to this. So the bill of sale, while it says Upgrade and UHG1 have this forward flow agreement, that's every bill of sale references the purchase agreement, which is a forward flow agreement, blah, blah, blah. I'm not gonna get into that today, maybe another video. But if you read this, it doesn't actually say that Upgrade sold anything. It literally says it represents and warrants that each of the undersigned investors, unnamed by the way has executed a limited power of attorney between investor and upgrade wherein a designated power is for upgrading to act as attorney in fact so what does that mean they've been named as the attorney in fact to conduct business for the investors that are nameless (laughs) or not named this isn't a bill of sale between upgrade and UHG. It's really easy for someone to go, oh bill of sale, it says upgrade and that'll slide right by most except Parker with his idiot brain and can't stop reading stuff and you as a disciple that doesn't have to do that but is now wary of watching these bill of sales and what they actually say. This doesn't say anything's getting sold between upgrade but they're crafty about it. They put in at the top that there is a forward flow agreement That doesn't say anything was sold so in fact they say buy upgrade as attorney in fact so nothing by their own documents remember we use their own documents against as showing anything's been sold between upgrade and uhg and by the way this thing's signed on the or it goes in effect 23 2020 january 23 their lawsuit says 22 why do they do those things? Because they don't give a, sh- they don't care. And they know it's just gonna slide right through because no one's gonna read. Be readers, you can save your butt. Uh, again, let me read, the bill of sale has no language showing the loans or even the loan of the client. My client was sold by upgrade to UHG. Just that the investors will sell to UHG. That's the way it is, read it if you want. I'll attach the bill of sale I'll attach the loan agreement, I'll attach the complaint, the answer, the counterclaim, all that stuff right with the video. Remember I brought out the fact that under paragraph three let's put up paragraph three first page of the lawsuit, Shazam see right there the mini Miranda warning that's not allowed or required but they do it to protect themselves on something else. But. Under 15 U.S.C. E-11, it specifically states, and I will read the statute, a debt collector may not, I'll tell you what it is, a debt collector, whenever it makes a contact of a debtor, must tell the debtor that they are debt collectors, collecting debt, anything you say will use that purpose. That's called the Mini Miranda Warning. It is not considered an initial contact under 1692G that then requires that you put forth the validation warnings and the ability of you to seek your validation uh, response from your letter. Once if they make a contact to you within six, under 1692G they must give you your rights, the validation rights within five days of that initial contact. The FDCPA under 1692 G says pleadings are not initial contact. So then when they sue you, then a debt collector sues you, they are not required to give you the mini Miranda warning. So that or your 12 1692 G rights to validate the debt. However. This is violated here because it says right in E-11, 1692 E-11, this paragraph shall not apply to a formal pleading made in connection with the legal action. So they lose the immunity of having someone say, I got sued and after five days it didn't give me my validation rights under 1692 G. Well, the, the FDCPA protects law, um, law collection law firms that only sue as opposed to send letters or if that's their only initiation, they don't have to follow 1692G. However, they included the E-11 Marini Miranda warning, which is against the law. So that turns the complaint into initial contact and the five days, I argue, is now kicked off. You better give the client, my client, the validation rights, which did not occur. But it's all listed in my counter affidavit. My counter affidavit in this case is a doozy. Let's put it up, it's like probably two or three pages. I'll put up a couple pages, Shazam, and you can see, and and, and as I've counseled you in the past, see all my videos on killer affidavits and how to do a counter affidavit and following the account stated statute. I won't say the word. (laughs) Yeah, I well, I say I call it ass, the counter affidavit, how to create a killer affidavit. So um, ASS account stated statute. That is your game plan. So you create a full counter affidavit to present your side to show the court how badly a bad job they've done. That'll also attach to your answer, they'll attach to your Counterclaim. it'll attach to any motion response, it follows you all the way to trial and your closing argument. You The counter-affidavit is your opening and closing statement. That's not going to happen here but I'm trying to tell you how powerful it is. So, that information I just told you, how bad a job they did, is in the counter-affidavit. You can take a look. So, that is key to fighting back with these things. And that is the beginning and the end of the anatomy of a how to fight UHG1. They're easy pickings. They just showed you how to beat them. Uh, you can beat them with their own documents. Again, my mantra, beat them with their own documents. You don't have to do anything else because the burden of proof is on them. And if they fail that burden of proof, they failed the case and your counter affidavit, li- your counter claim lives, etc. etc you'll settle this case. So um, that's my anatomy of a UHG one case, LLC, using an actual case of mine and where we are right now. And I hope it helps your understanding of why they do what they do. Thank you for listening and watching. Uh, I offer you no um, attorney-client relationship other than just I want to give you information and education and maybe a little entertainment and do your law and your life the way you do you. Do the voodoo that you do. I'm not telling you how to live your life or your law. Thank you very much for listening.